Hello everyone, welcome back to Breaking Apostolic Taboo. I'm Bailey Romans, and on this podcast we like to talk about things that have a little bit of a taboo around them, Um, and we like to break the stigma and break the awkwardness around certain subjects, and so along with that, we like to educate. We want you to be educated on ways to help yourself, ways to help others get through these certain circumstances that we all go through. Last time we did a series on mental illnesses and this time we're going to be doing Redeemed Sexuality by Andrew A. Boa. It is a 12 session, so 12 weeks, and we are super excited. We want to give you some practical resources to help you combat some of these sexual issues. And because a lot of churches do not have a program to help people that struggle with pornography addiction and sexual addiction in general, um, hopefully this will help you. This is a good resource. You can find it on Amazon. If you would like to do this at your church or with a small group, if you would like to start it, um, I will have a Dropbox if you want to do this on your own personal time and uh, with the worksheets that you'll need um, to fill out if you would like to participate. And thank you so much for joining us and I hope you enjoy this episode. Truth and Lies, Session 4. What are the specific lies your sinful desires tell you? Identify them and then go to God's Word and find passages that specifically address those lies. Joshua Harris, Sex is Not the Problem, Lust is. The first two sessions were about dealing with the past. This session is about understanding our struggles in the present. We'll use a real-life case study as a starting point to talk about the deep-seated realities underneath sexual brokenness. You'll learn how to name triggers, feelings, fears, and lines beneath the surface of sexual sin and shame. First in the case study, and then in your own life. At what point did our sexual desires become sinful? Matthew 5, 27-28 says, You have heard that... It was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. James 1, 13 through 15. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Too often people try to stop sexual behaviors without ever realizing or addressing the deeper issues going on in their hearts and minds. They don't see that the sexual surface symptoms they are dealing with are a part of a bigger problem. Sexual thoughts and desires are not the problem. In fact, they are good gifts created by God. The bigger problem behind sexual brokenness has to do with starved relationships, destructive thought patterns, disordered desires, and unhealthy ways of dealing with emotions. The goal is not to get rid of our sexual desires, but to understand them and respond to them in ways that are healthy and holy. Solely telling ourselves the truth and trying harder is inadequate. We have to identify the lies behind the scenes of sexual shame and sin. Psalms 51, 1 through 2 and verse 10 says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. 
Wash away all mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Leaves and Roots With your group, read the case study and see what thought patterns you can notice. Note, if you are not in a women's group, read Ashley's story. If you are in a men's group, read Tom's story. I'm going to read both stories um, because we're not in a specific group, so to speak. Um, We are listening. (laughs) So um, I'm going to read both stories. So begin by identifying surface triggers and feelings, beliefs, and then underlining fears and lies, the roots. If you're doing this with the homework, um, there will be a picture in the session four section that has a tree on it and there's four boxes. Um, And if you notice at the top of the page, it says triggers and feelings. And at the bottom of the page, it says fears and lies. There's four boxes. Um, When we're going through these two stories, um, identify, um, talk about, number one, talk about events that triggered Ashley or Tom or think about it, you know, as I'm reading. Um, Notice as many triggers as you can and use the trigger box. So write down the triggers. Um, Describe how those triggers must have made Ashley or Tom feel by using the feelings box. Name the difficult or painful emotions hurt he or she is trying to cope with only after making a list of triggers and feelings will you be ready to overcome the fears and lies that are controlling the person's thought life offer your perspective on the question what is this person or what is this person really afraid of deep down and use the fear box name any lies that might be at the root of those fears using the lies box what truth do you think Ashley or Tom especially need to hear and just think about that to yourself I'm not going to go over that Um, we're just going to go over their stories we're going to interrupt today's episode to let you know about something you can do to help us out here on breaking apostolic taboo we have set up through Anchor a listener support. You can donate however much you want to. It can be monthly. It can be a one-time donation. All of these donations will help towards either getting us some better equipment or whatever extra money we have and whatever money we gain that doesn't get used on on the podcast directly, we will give to Amherst or a charity, anything Um, we see fit. Um, If you would like to become a listener supporter, you can see in our show notes, there should be a link or you can go to Anchor um, or on Anchor to our Breaking Apostolic Taboo um, page and you can become a listener supporter there. So if you would, that would be great and help us out and help us maybe get some recording equipment and help us, um, or we can give to Amers or to the Children's Mansion, whichever we see fit to do that month. So thank you so much. And that's all I have for this. Consider the following example of Ashley, a single woman in her 20s who had a significant problem with pornography and masturbation. After viewing pornography and sexually acting out, she wrote in her journal and reviewed the previous 24 hours. 
Last night, I was up late working on a group project. I went to bed around 3 a.m. I got up on time for class, but I was tired. My part of the project was not well received by our professor at our 9 a.m. class. I kept working on the project with my group for the rest of the morning. I felt useless. The transfer student in our group smiled at me when I made a joke about his man bun. I found myself myself fantasizing about him, even though I knew I wasn't genuinely interested. I wanted to talk to him again, so I made up a reason to go over and ask him for help and started flirting with him. I hadn't ever thought of him in a romantic way before, but that morning I toyed with the idea a little bit. My professor walked by while I was flirting and let me know that my lack of participation was bringing down my group's final grade. I was embarrassed and knew the transfer student would never be attracted to me or want to go out with me. I sank back into my seat and fumed about my professor. I wanted to drop the class or find a way to get back at him. My group went to lunch at the cafeteria, but I made up an excuse to go back to my apartment. I closed the blinds on all my windows and locked the door to my room. I thought viewing porn would be a good way to feel better and de-stress. Viewing the pictures on my phone aroused me and I really felt the need to masturbate. I viewed the pictures until someone knocked on the door. The images on my phone seemed to take forever to disappear. It was my roommate. She asked why the door was locked and was suspicious of what I was doing. I told her I was still working on the project and she told me she didn't know what was going on but felt like I was hiding something. I realized I was pres- oh, my nose. I realized I was perspiring excessively and my hair was messy. I felt like I had a narrowing avoid I I know that just I realized I was perspiring excessively and my hair was messy. I felt like I had narrowly avoided being caught. I was preoccupied with my fixing my hair for the rest of the afternoon. I met up with the group again to finish our project. When I saw the transfer student laughing with another girl about something that happened at lunch, I felt I met up with the group again to finish our project. When I saw the transfer student laughing with another girl about something that happened at lunch, I felt a pang. I tried to be extra friendly as we worked, but he seemed disinterested. My hair was a mess and I felt unattractive. I thought about him the entire walk home. I passed another male friend and he smiled at me. My roommate wasn't home, and I had left a note saying that she would be gone for the weekend. I read that wrong. My roommate wasn't home, and had left a note saying she wouldn't be. She, blah, blah, blah. My roommate wasn't home, and had left a note saying she'd be gone for the re- the weekend. My roommate wasn't home, and had left a note saying she'd be gone for the weekend. While changing out my clothes, I took a few moments to admire myself in the mirror. I couldn't help but wonder how a guy would feel if he saw me naked. I undressed, closed the blinds to the windows, collapsed into the bed, and got on my phone. I knew I was going to view porn, and I didn't care. I looked for hardcore images of men with long hair for about 10 minutes. I knew right where to go because I've been there before. 
I found a video clip of a male model that looked like the transfer student. I looped the video for a couple minutes masturbating to it. I felt even sweatier and messier when I was done, so I took a shower. I felt worthless and trapped. I was disgusted with myself. Consider the following example of Tom. Tom is a single man in his 20s who had a significant problem with pornography and masturbation. After viewing pornography and sexual, sexually acting out, he wrote in his journal and reviewed the previous 24 hours. Last night, I was up late working on a project for work, and I went to bed around 3 a.m. I got up on time for work, but I was tired. My project was not well received by my boss at our 9 a.m. meeting. I avoided my boss for the rest of the morning, avoiding him, put me on edge. The new woman in accounting smiled at me when she dropped off a report. I found myself fantasizing about her and I got an erection. I wanted to see her again, so I made up a reason to stop at her office and started flirting with her. My boss walked by while I was flirting and ripped into me about the project again. I was embarrassed and knew she would never be attracted to me or want to have sex with me. I went back to my desk and fumed about my boss. I wanted to quit or find a way to get back at him. Everyone left the office for a working lunch, but I made up an excuse to stay behind. I closed the blinds of my windows and locked the office door. I thought viewing porn porn would be a good way to get back at my boss. Viewing the pictures gave me an erection, and I really felt the need to masturbate. I viewed the pictures until someone knocked on the door. The images on the screen seemed to take forever to disappear. It was my boss. He asked why the door was locked and was suspicious of what I was doing. I told him I was working on the re- revisions to the report, and he told me the next report had be better to his standards. I realized I was perspiring excessively and thought I smelled of sex. It felt like I had narrowly avoided being caught and erased the files from my computer. I was preoccupied with my body odor odor for the rest of the afternoon. The new woman from accounting bought the new report. The new woman from accounting brought the new report back right before 5 p.m. I reeked of sweat and was sure she could smell it. I fantasized about her the entire drive home and had an erection. My roommate was at home and had left a note saying he would be gone for the weekend. While changing from my work clothes, I was reminded of my body odor, the smell of sex again. I undressed, closed the blinds to the windows, got some tissue paper, and then went online. I knew I was going to view porn and I didn't care. I surfed for hardcore images of secretaries for about 10 minutes. I found a video clip of a secretary that looked like the new accountant. I looped the video for a couple minutes and masturbated to it. I felt even more of sweat when I was done, so I took a shower. I felt miserable and trapped. I was disgusted with myself. Your turn. On your own, recall the most recent situation when you face sexual temptation, center shame. Analyze in the way you analyze the case study by filling out the figure below, then process it with one or two other people if you'd like. Next step, memorization. 
think back to Ashley or Tom's case study and your own. Look at the lies that lurked at the roots of our sexually broken behaviors. In those moments, what truths needed to be spoken? Counteract the lies of the enemy by filling our minds with truth from God's word. The psalmist seems especially aware of his own... Oh my word. The psalmist seems especially aware of how necessary this is for us when he asks, How can young... Oh my word! I can't read. The psalmist seems especially aware of how necessary this is for us when he asks, How can a young person stay on the path of purity by living according to to your word? Psalms 119.9 Even as Jesus resisted and overcame temptation by reciting scripture, Matthew 4, 1-11, we need to immerse ourselves in the word and learn to depend on its transforming power. There are two main ways to do this. Number one, spend some time reading the Bible on a daily basis. This might sound cliche, but don't underestimate the extent to which this simple practice can have a profound effect on your life. (sighs) (sighs) Memorize and meditate on Bible verses. Choose verses you can employ against the specific lies and thought patterns you come up against. Memorizing scripture does not only affect us spiritually, it affects the biology of our brains as well. Memorization literally rewires our brains to think more like the way God thinks and love more like the way God loves. Living in a pornographic culture, our brains have been conformed to the pattern of this world. We are hardwired to view men as objectifiers and women as objects in sexual intimacy as a product to be consumed. We have been told twisted stories about what our sexuality is and is for. Furthermore, our natural default setting is to gratify our sexual desires selfishly. We need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Romans 12.2 This happens as the living and active word of God saturates our brains and infuses our thought lives with truth. Neil T. Anderson says in winning the battle with them, sexual brokenness is not as much a condition of the body as it is a condition of the brain. (coughs) As Neil T. Anderson explains, we need to obey the biblical command to be transformed by the renewing of your mind in Romans 12, 2, until our brains learn to reject the enemy's lies and embrace God's truth. Can strongholds of sexual bondage in the mind be broken? Yes. If our minds have been reprogrammed wrongly, they can be reprogrammed. In most cases, the root problem has proven to be spiritual battle for their minds. If Satan can get us to believe a lie, he will gain some measure of control over our feelings and behaviors. He is intent on destroying a proper perception of God, our, of ourselves, of members of opposite sex, including our spouses, and the world we live in. Our problems don't just stem from what we have believed in the past. Paul says we are presently and continuously taking every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. See 2 Corinthians 10.5. Mainly trying to stop thinking about bad thoughts won't work. We must fill our minds with the pure, clear word of God. There's no alternative plan. We overcome the father of lies by choosing the truth.
Oh my goodness, my nose. Getting started on memorization. Your goal should be to memorize one verse each week. Number one, choose a verse. Number two, read the verse aloud. Number three, set aside a few minutes to memorize it. Number four, before you leave, read it aloud once more. Number five, write the verse on a note card or sticky note and place it where you will notice it several times a day. By your door, on a mirror, next to the desk. Number six. If you're feeling creative, you can sing it, rap it, or paint it. Number seven. At the next weekly meeting, recite your verse by heart. Or just do this weekly. Find a verse. They suggest scriptures in the book, which I will leave (coughs) in the um, show notes. That's all I have this week on breaking out the slot too. And that is all that I have this week on breaking out the slot taboo. Um, I am Bailey Romans, and let's start talking.